0: This episode of On The Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is April 26, 2019, and this is Friday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On The Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. It's officially Pretzel Day. Well, I like Pretzel Day. As you can tell, I'm a huge fan of soft pretzels, and well, pretzels in general, really. Wetzel's Pretzels has given away one pretzel to anyone, no purchase necessary. Annie Ann's Pretzels is promoting buy one pretzel and score the second one for free. The brand is also launching a pretzel-printed shower curtain. For those who care, Pretzel Baker is giving out one free pretzel, but only two rewards members, so sign up. I'm actually going to try to hit all three today because why not? All right, time for some news. In a piece written by Bill Baer over at NBC Sports, and I quote, It turns out that all of the animosity concerning the Phillies and the Mets had to do with an unwritten rule and unmet expectations. The Athletics' Tim Britton and Matt Gelb report that the Mets felt the Phillies broke an unwritten rule in the top of the sixth inning of Tuesday's game. They were trailing by eight runs, so the Mets decided not to have first baseman Pete Alonso hold JT Realmuto at first base. Realmuto bolted for second base on the first pitch to Hoskins, who failed the pitch off. Some believe an unwritten rule is that you don't run when a team chooses not to hold a runner on first base in a blowout game. The Phillies then felt the Mets broke an unwritten rule in the bottom of the sixth inning of Tuesday's game. With the same score, a runner on second and two outs, the Phillies chose not to hold Juan Ligueras at first base, instead playing Hoskins behind the runner. Lagares ran on the pitch and advanced to third base on a single by Robinson Cano. Now get this, and again, I'm not making this up. A member of the Mets said, they did it first. They broke the unwritten rule. Another Mets player said, if you're still playing, we're still playing. Bill goes on to give an example of how, if there's a blowout in football, the second and third string players come in, but they still play legitimate football. These are great opportunities for younger players or backups to prove they have a spot on the team or to gain some valuable experience. Bayer points out that it's interesting how early concessions are so readily acceptable in baseball. And it's true. I coached a JV baseball team back in 2010. The head coach of the varsity team got tossed and suspended for two games, so I assisted the current assistant coach. I was assistant to the assistant team manager in that case. We were winning handedly, and I had our best JV player on first base. He took off on the first pitch and stole second, and my goodness did I receive an earful from the opposing team's bench. Mind you, I didn't send him. He went on his own, but I did stick up for my player. Would you rather be sandbagged and my younger players who are wanting to prove themselves take advantage of an opportunity because your team sucks that day? That's more offensive in my book. Please tell me you see how childish and petty this is. Unwritten rules are frivolous, and also stupid. Reds TV analyst Chris Welsh received high criticism for comments he made on air about the contract signing of Brave second baseman Ozzy Albies. Welsh's words are as follows. It's funny. I've read a lot about it, and I've read opinions on both sides. A lot of people are blaming the agent for letting him sign a deal like that. But Albies came from a very poor background. He's from Curacao, and when somebody offers you $30 million, I mean, he may not know the difference between $35 million and $85 million. It's going to have a tremendous positive effect on his family and himself. Maybe the people in his immediate family are extended family. It changes the lives of so many people. So, Welsh stopped by the Braves dugout yesterday to speak with Albies and offer an apology. He decided to keep the conversation private, as he has the right to do, and then spoke on air during the pregame show before the game saying this, I used some words last night that are just not very good choices for words. In fact, they were uninformed and they are wrong. And when I went back home later on last night and I looked at them online, it was embarrassing for me. I hardly slept at all. And it's been bothering me. So the first thing I did when I got to the ballpark today, I went down to the Braves clubhouse. I sought out Ozzie Albies. We had a conversation. I apologized to him and his family for the remarks that I made. I apologized to all of the viewers out there who watch Reds baseball. Not like me to say something like that. In 27 years, it's never happened before. Will not happen again. And we're ready to move on. Here's the unfortunate part about this you know the media isn't ready to move on. The amount of people who aren't even involved, who this incident doesn't even touch on any level, are going to be opportunistic and beat this like a dead horse. The player in which the comments were about will be fine, but not Eugene from Arkansas. Now, I didn't bring this story up yesterday because I wanted to see how it played out. I had some time to read some forums in which the participants weren't actually toxic. Shocker, right? I don't know anything about Chris Welsh, so I wanted to kind of wait. And then his apology comes to light, and I think it sends a positive message about moving on from mistakes and forgiveness. We need a little bit more of that in this world. So I didn't jump on what Welsh said because a lot of times we choose words that in the moment seem okay because our context and our brain make sense of them. But then when we hear them recorded back to us or played back to us, then we kind of understand, all right, I can see where people were upset. I genuinely felt that this was just a mistake. Wasn't trying to be funny. Wasn't trying to be cute. It was a mistake, and he owned up to it. Now, of course, I say we need a little bit more of positivity and forgiveness in this world, and then I continue to insult Eugene from Arkansas. Eugene's not real, by the way. It's just, it's just been a really long week. Here's one for you. The New York Daily News reports an unruly fan at City Field ruined a night out at the ballpark for a young family when he threatened the father and then exposed himself in front of the man's kids, police said Thursday. I will F up your entire family, he allegedly yelled, then dropped his pants, exposing himself. The article continues, the guy got mad because he wanted to use the father's cell phone. The father didn't give it to him. The son taped the encounter with his own phone, according to the cops. That's really embarrassing. The man had been drinking at the game, police sources said. The man was charged with acting in a manner injurious to a child in public lewdness. He was given a desk appearance ticket and released. You know how the MLB is trying to make coming to the ballpark more family-friendly or creating an environment where there is something for members of the family to enjoy? Well, this story doesn't do either of those things, but this isn't uncommon. I mean, dropping your draws in, in public isn't that common, but grown men and women acting out in ways that isn't enjoying for families, that, that's common. I wonder how much effort should really be put into making games more family-friendly. I mean, really, like what more can be done that offsets the variable of people's behavior? It's a wild card. They certainly aren't going to turn people down from buying beer. Now, I had used certain words growing up because I heard them in a ball game in passing. My dad didn't know I heard them, but I would integrate them into my vocabulary, not knowing what in the world I was saying. I went to an Orioles game once, and we won in the bottom of the 12th. I think it was in the year 2000. And this drunk guy throws his beer in the air, landing all over my head, and then gives me a hug saying, I love you, man. I mean, what can, <laughs> what can be done about that? That's just It's just something to think about over the weekend injured list updates. Got a short list today. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, despite previous reports, legendary Braves manager Bobby Cox still remains in the hospital, according to someone close to the situation. It was originally reported that he was released, but that has since been redacted. He has been accepting visitors, including Braves' current manager, and there is really no update on his condition since suffering a stroke on April the 2nd. Best wishes to you, Bobby Cox. MLB Trade Rumors reports that the Angels announced last night that they've placed infielder Zach Cozart on the 10-day injured list due to a neck strain. Cozart's injury occurred when he collided with DJ LeMahieu upon diving back into the second base bag a couple of nights ago. There's no word from the Angels organization yet on how long he's going to be sidelined. MLB Trade Rumors also says that the Tigers are holding their breath after seeing starter Jordan Zimmerman depart with discomfort in his right elbow. More on his outlook will be known after he's evaluated today, but it seems there's a bit of worry from within the organization. Zimmerman's tenure in Detroit has been nothing short of disastrous. He entered the season with a cumulative 5.24 ERA and is sitting on a 5.93 mark through six starts this year. The club owes him $25 million this year and the same for next year, so you kind of got to squeeze every bit out of him while you can. John Lester was activated from the 10-day injured list yesterday from a hamstring strain back on April the 9th. He started against the Dodgers and went five innings, allowing four hits, one earned run, and struck out five. Not too shabby, uh, but I think he got the loss. It was a 2-1 to game, so didn't get much run support. Quick takes. According to MLB Trade Rumors, the Nationals will promote top infield prospect Carter Keeboom prior to Friday's series opener against the Padres. He's hit at every level throughout his quick ascension to the big leagues, though the torrid start he's enjoyed thus far in his first exposure to AAA pitching is his best work yet. The exact manner in which the Nationals will utilize Keeboom is not yet clear. But since the Nats are calling him up early, the plan is for him to get regular at-bats immediately. Kenji Akashi hit a three-run sayonara. That's what they call their walk-off. He circles the bases and then does a backflip before touching down on home plate. He actually missed the plate initially, but his teammates made sure to direct him back to the dish. Kazutu Yamakaze. Nope. Kazutu Yamasaki. Nope. Kazutu Yamazaki. First try. MLB contributor at Baseball Prospectus tweets, according to his post-game interview, He has been looking forward to doing this after a walk off home run his entire 16 year professional career. His former manager, whom he idolizes, was known for his post Dinger backflips. Yahoo Sports continues that extra innings home run broke a 0 0 tie against the Oryx Buffaloes, and it may not have even been possible without a bonkers defensive play a little earlier in the game. Click on the link in the show notes to see more images and more angles of the backflip, as well as this very impressive defensive play. I don't care what country, or what level baseball is king. According to NBC Sports, Diamondbacks pitcher Zach Greinke has been long regarded as a good-hitting pitcher, but he still entered Thursday afternoon's game against the Pirates with a career 5.97 OPS. For as good as he is compared to other pitchers, he swings the bat about as well as the worst bench players in the league. In Zach's 16 plate appearances, he has five extra base hits, including a pair of home runs that came in the same game on April 2nd against the Pirates, four RBI, and four runs scored. Doubtful he can keep this up all year long, but still exciting nonetheless. MLB has just announced its Stranger Things promotional event that makes 13 stops around the league starting on June 8th. According to thecut4.com, at each stop, you can expect Stranger Things MLB gear and merchandise, along with an ability to immerse yourself in the upside down, the horrifying extra-dimensional area where nothing is as it seems. Interesting to see how they're going to play that out. It starts in Milwaukee and finishes in St. Louis. And I believe season three is available on July 4th uh, on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. They're actually going to be in Baltimore. I, out of all the teams that they showed, the 13 stops, Baltimore is like, this came out of nowhere. Like, maybe somebody owed somebody some money. The MLB polled players from around MLB with the following question. Which pro athlete, not named Kyler Murray, from another sport would make the best baseball player? We were looking for active athletes, though. As you'll see, there were a few retired folks who snuck into the 85 responses we received. Only 85 responses. Kind of surprised by that. Now, I'm not going to go through the entire list. You can click on the link in the show notes, but two athletes got my attention. One was LeBron James. Mike Trout desperately wants to see LeBron in the cage. I, for one, do not. This could be an unpopular opinion, or maybe it's a popular opinion. The sports world is divided on LeBron's talents, especially when it comes to comparing him to Michael Jordan. Just scroll through Twitter one day. But I think LeBron looks so awkward when dribbling and driving to the basket. Like, he's too bulky to play his position. He's not smooth at all, in my opinion. But another athlete that received votes as well was tennis phenom Rafael Nadal. With the power of his forehand strokes and being a lefty, I bet he could give some pitchers some trouble. Now, I'm interested to see the percentage of athletes who played tennis and baseball. Like, we know of plenty that played baseball and football or football and basketball, but tennis and baseball... The results could be intriguing if there are actually any results, but I digress. According to the score.com, New York Mets reliever Jacob Rame has been suspended two games by Major League Baseball for throwing at Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins. The league ruled that Rame intentionally threw near Hoskins' head on Tuesday, but it appears as though the right hander will appeal the decision. If Rame chooses not to appeal, the suspension will begin Friday. Rame was also fined an undisclosed amount for the incident. And wrapping things up for today, guess what? I've got some O's news, and I swear I don't actually do this on purpose. It's just an interesting team, I guess. According to SI.com, loyal Orioles fan Cheryl Doyle, age 59, recently got her first tattoo. Ironically, she has always been against her own children getting them. She told Yahoo Sports Mike Oz that while she was driving, she stopped in a Denton, Maryland tattoo parlor and asked for a Baltimore Orioles tattoo with first baseman Chris Davis' number 19. Cheryl had had enough of how fans were treating Davis. She says people have short memories. They don't remember how good he once was. How dare they boo him. I just love Chris Davis, always have, and don't like the way they've been treating him. Tell him, Cheryl. The Orioles even caught wind of the photo and told Yahoo that they would be sending Doyle an autographed pitcher and baseball. And that'll do it for me. Thanks for tuning in to Friday's edition of All the Hot News. And remember, all ball players should quit when it starts to feel as if the baselines run uphill. Have an awesome weekend. My league's opening day is Sunday, so that's exciting. Talk to you Monday. It's time for that soft pretzel.